0: listening to the team guru podcast ask most people how they are especially at work and they will invariably answer that they're busy so busy but that's good right wrong it's not good and we know it the habit our society has developed the obsession with being busy or at least appearing to be busy is doing us untold damage damage to us the quality of our work our teams and our families. Why would it be so wrong for your professional reputation if you were to say, when asked how you are, that things are moving along quite smoothly? Thanks very much. We've got it under control. Can you imagine? So many workplaces are geared to worship the cult of busy. If you were to give that response, you'd be risking being viewed as uncommitted, lazy, irresponsible. The truth is, we've become brilliant at not just creating busy work for ourselves, but reinforcing that notion by repeating the mantra that busy is good, busy is normal, busy is committed. Almost every chance we get, I'm going to go out on a limb here and say that busy is not good or normal, or any of those positive things. Busy is dumb, inefficient, disorganised. Busy is the inability to prioritise. Busy robs us of the time we need to think, plan, create, form healthy relationships, and to find a happy balance between the competing forces in our life. Busy means that life zips by, empty and unfulfilled. We all know the maxim that no one lies on their deathbed thanking themselves for being busy, for reviewing that report before it went out, getting in early to clear the inbox, smashing ourselves with back-to-back meetings day in day out. As leaders, we need to lead on this. Author Stephen Covey gave us a nice simple quadrant model to help prioritize and spend our time more effectively. Picture it in your mind as I speak, or if you have a device handy and you're not driving, press pause and Google the Covey Quadrant, C-O-V-E-Y, or look up the page for this podcast on the website teams.guru podcast. On the vertical axis is the level of importance, high to low. The horizontal is level of urgency. The top left quadrant is the important, urgent things we do. Hitting deadlines, putting out fires, managing crises, doing last-minute tasks. Covey says we should manage these important and urgent activities. Top left quadrant... Think of the time you spend here. For most people, if they're honest, they spend a bunch of their time here, a huge percentage. We tend to get stuck here, whether it's at home or at work. We seem to be doing a lot of things that are both urgent and important. Now move your mind to the bottom left quadrant. Urgent but not important. How can something be urgent but not important? Well, tasks or activities in this part of our lives are things that are important to other people. Emails that need to be read, and even worse, responded to. Some of the phone calls that you take, some of the meetings that you attend, but you feel they add no value to the work you're doing. Covey says we should avoid these things. They are unimportant, so by definition, they don't move us towards our life goals. This quadrant is the enemy of creativity. It is micromanagement. It is the birthplace of cynicism. Again, if we allow it to happen, if we don't know how to say no... We spend a lot of time in this quadrant, bottom left. Urgent, but not important. Let's move now to the top right quadrant. Important, but not urgent. This is where the gold lies. This is where the proactive things live, like planning, building relationships, personal and professional development, thinking, improving, developing systems. Covey says we should focus our energy here. It is the things that we do in this top right quadrant that have the power to reduce the time we spend in the top left and bottom left. If we spend more time on proactive planning, shaping and thinking activities, we can unchain ourselves from the life of busy. We would, in effect, shrink those other quadrants, greatly reducing the time we spend busily rushing from one fire to another, proudly declaring to our colleagues that we're busy But it's activities in this quadrant that we so often sacrifice when we're feeling under the pump. Imagine taking charge of this. Imagine having the discipline to operate in this space. Discipline, courage, vision. That's what it takes to operate in the top right quadrant. It takes leadership. If we don't spend time on important, non-urgent activities, we are the woodchopper who says he's too busy cutting down trees to stop and sharpen his axe. It is ridiculous. We are ridiculous. As an aside, let's touch on the bottom right quadrant. Not urgent, not important. What on earth lies here? Well, this is the world of time-wasting and vegging out. And we know from research, the more time we spend in the busy quadrants... We default to lazy, unproductive time-wasting when we do find some time to sit and collapse into a chair. At work, it might take the shape of Googling something, checking Facebook or reading gossip news. At home, it might take the shape of watching time-wasting, brain-sucking reality TV. Covey says, Obviously, we must limit our time here. We convince ourselves that we need this to unwind and relax. And we do. And we do. We need to unwind and relax because we spend so much time busily reacting to spot fires and someone else's crisis. Be more responsible, be more helpful, a more contributing employee. If you want to be trusted, be trustworthy. If you want the secondary greatness of recognized talent, focus first on the primary greatness of character. Hence, character and principles are the keys to success, effectiveness and happiness in life. So what's the answer to this? Here, I'll make two suggestions. Number one is to create time. Yes, I mean that. Forge out space and defend it stoically to operate in that top right quadrant. At work, it might mean scheduling time in your calendar to think. It might mean booking a meeting room for yourself to take a pen, a blank piece of paper, and plan the proactive steps you can take, the development opportunities you'll seek, the processes you'll create or fix to make things work better, to help yourself and others work more effectively. At home, it might mean turning off the TV after the kids go to bed, sitting in a different part of the house and reading that quality book that you've been meaning to get to, giving yourself time to absorb new ideas, to read quality literature, to grow and develop or it might simply mean listening to good music, calm and relaxing. No one will offer you this time. You have to create it for yourself. And my second suggestion is to find the things in your life that you can simply stop doing. Audit your time and think about the tasks you perform that take away from the things that are actually important. Stop doing your own books, outsource that, and spend time working on your business strategy. Stop mowing the lawn on Saturday morning. Outsource that and spend that time playing with your children. Back in episode number 58, I spoke to Matt Malouf, author of the book, The Stop Doing List. Here's what Matt has to say to people who are reluctant to let go of those tasks and spend money getting someone else to do it instead.
1: A lot of it comes back to valuing yourself. And you talked about, you know, one of the exercises I take people through in the book is actually calculating your hourly rate. Mm. If you don't put a value on your own time, then there is no way you can actually assess against anything. Hence, it will seem expensive. But if you value, you know, value time with with your kids or yourself or et cetera, et cetera, I think that um, a lot of these tasks that you and I are talking about now are a no-brainer.
0: And I shared a story about my family's experience with outsourcing tasks at home and the changing nature of our economy that has made this new way of thinking possible. And we were walking through the garage the other day and there was this pile of dirt. I'm really ashamed about this. There was a pile of dirt and he said, oh, look at that dirt there, Dad. We better get someone in to sweep that up. (laughs) So I I made a point of going to get a broom and showing them that I could indeed sweep up (laughs) some dirt. So, mate, that's all good. And actually, before we move off that, I want to go back to that generational thing. It it is an important thing because I think for people like me, I'm I'm right in the middle of Gen X. You know, my parents are older boomers. They probably had more time on their hands than money when I was growing up. And it's very much the reverse for a lot of people these days. Not to say we've got lots of money, but we certainly have less time, perhaps, than our parents did. So it is, for us, breaking the habit, you know, breaking that, that habit that we've seen growing up. In my parents' eyes, I'm sure, a gardener, someone to do the cleaning, someone to do the ironing, was what rich people had.
1: Yes, 100%. My parents were exactly the same, and we were a very similar generation. Mm. And, you know, I think, like you said, uh, is there more money, maybe? But I think also, too, there's a lot more people doing these part-time jobs to make more money, and so it's more affordable to have, have these quote-unquote luxuries or things that were seen as rich people-only opportunities when we were growing up.
0: Yeah, that, of, so, of course. That's a whole element to this, isn't it, is the way that the economy has changed so that you and I can communicate directly with our guy who mows the lawn or does the cleaning or whatever it is and there isn't this non-value adding middleman like a taxi company or like Jim's gardening that adds cost to it but not value just simply by connecting the consumer and the service provider. We can go directly now like you know in the same way as we can with Uber and Airbnb and that makes it more affordable for everyone. So that's a that's a really important element to this conversation, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think the other thing too is people should understand I think uh, people are very reticent because they feel like you know, they're not paying people enough for these mm. jobs and the like, but in actual fact, you know, something like Airtasker, they're setting the, the rate. You get to choose the rate based on people that bid for your, uh, for your job.
0: The concept of finding the things in your life, both at work and home, that you should stop doing is powerful. That, combined with Stephen Covey's wisdom of creating time to spend on valuable tasks, Tasks that are important but not urgent will help make a dent in the absurdly unhealthy cult of being busy. Busy is not a badge of honour. Busy is an admission that we've lost the ability to describe the important from the unimportant, that we are no longer able to prioritise the valuable things in our lives. Busy is an admission of defeat. So next time you're asked in the lift at work, how are you? what will you say? Will you fall into the modern day trap of declaring yourself busy? Or will you be a leader and take a stand? Let's take a blowtorch to the cult of busy and usher in the era of thoughtful application of energy, the art of deciding what's important and an overt respect for ourselves. I hope you enjoyed this bite-sized portion of the Team Guru podcast. We'll be back next week with an interview episode. I'm David Frizzell for Team Guru. Bye for now.